Hello and welcome back to Local Church Matters podcast, where we talk about matters of the local church and why the local church matters. Uh, I am Greg Peterson, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Brad Arnold. Hello. And we are local church pastors in Northwest, Northwest Arkansas, and we have a a passion, a love, and a conviction for the local church that comes out of uh, Scripture, and we want to be able to talk about the things related to the local church. We talked about last time uh, why we named it this, and it's really just because we we love the local church and because the local church is the hub of a Christian's life. It's where they are to live their life. It's just as important as every other aspect of their Christian life. To be saved is to be in the church. There, there's no distinction. There's not supposed to be one. And so that's really the purpose of, of this podcast. And today, as we dive in, we're going to actually answer the question, why the local church matters. Why does it matter, Brad? I mean, come on, it's just another thing, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's just what some people do. It's it's you know, not a, it's not yeah. it's not that big of a deal, right? Well, you know, it's yeah, it, 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 it's easy to think that way. I mean, especially when you look at the condition of the church, um, or you think about the churches you've been a part of and they weren't particularly great. And you think, yeah, does the church really matter? But when you start looking at the Bible and the New Testament, especially, and, and just see what it reveals about the church, uh, boy, you get a totally different picture. And so the issue is not experientially what, you know, can I look around the world and see how the church matters and what a difference it's making in the world, et cetera. What does the Bible say about the church? What does God say about it? What does Jesus say about it? What do the apostles say about it? What, what does church history, you know, say about it? So, but no, I think to me, the first thing that comes to mind, is the local church matters to God. I think sometimes we overlook that we maybe uh, are always thinking about how much it matters to me. <laughs> um, but the church matters because it matters to God. You know, I, I think immediately of e Ephesians 3, where Paul's talking about his stewardship, the stewardship that's been entrusted to him with the gospel, the grace that was given to him to preach the gospel, to uh, be a steward of this mystery, this revelation that had not been made known, but has now been made known. And anyway, he he says in verse eight, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities 
in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, so that's big. The idea that somehow in the grand scheme of God's eternal plan, it would be the church, it would be through the church, this mystery that was hidden, that is now revealed, through the church, the wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God would now be made known like it has never before been made known, even in creation or anything else, like it is now through the church. And it's made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And who is that? That's, that's angels and demons, right? So somehow God has this preoccupation with displaying his glory and particularly his wisdom to the spiritual forces, um, angelic, demonic authorities, rulers in the spiritual heavenly dimension. And so that should get our attention. Whatever we may think, you know, is going on with the church down here below, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it than that. And I think of the parallel, you know, Job, the whole story with Job and, 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 and God and Satan and Satan coming and reporting apparently as the sons of God would do. And have you considered my servant Job? Yeah, but look at, I mean, does, does Job serve God for nothing? No, you lavish blessing after blessing upon him. Look how good his life is. Look how easy his life is. And so there was kind of a challenge there to God. And so God said, all right, let's see. Let's see about that. And then all those horrible things happened in Job's life. And what happened? Did Job curse God? No, he stayed faithful. And, and so the, the, the point was, was made. God won, you know, the experiment, uh, you think my people love me and worship me and trust me because of all the good stuff I do and all the ways I bless them and provide for them, etc. No. My people love and worship and trust me because I'm worthy of that. Hmm. And so, 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 so even in that, that whole story of the suffering of Job, what was really going on was the display of God's character, the display of God's glory, God's worth. That was the issue. And to think about the church in a similar way, that what's really at issue here, it, yeah, maybe in our lives at the you know ground level, man, we're just slugging it out and we're suffering and things are hard and we're grinding it out and it doesn't seem like, you know, things are doing going the way they should, but God has a purpose that he's working on that's at a totally different level than we even think about. And thankfully, that's revealed for us here in Scripture. So we can zoom out and really say, wow, okay, God, uh, my bad. The church is important. If for no other reason, it's through the church that your wisdom is being put on display. Your, your genius, you know, you look at the church and you're seeing the genius of God, the brilliance of God, the mind of God, and how he has 
brought this whole thing into existence and how it fits into his plan. You know, I think of Israel and the church and what happened there. Did God, you know, was there, was there a problem there, God? You couldn't, couldn't get her done with Israel. So you had to start over with the church. No, this is, this was a mystery that wasn't revealed before. It's now come to light. It's always been a part of God's eternal plan and purpose, but it displays the manifold wisdom of God. And so as, as churches, as local churches, man, we should, we should relish that. We should, we should, we should um, really say, wow, God, is that, is that true? That, let it be true in our church that through our little fellowship, your wisdom really is being put on display because that's what the church is all about from his perspective. So I think that's a very critical piece that we just need to be reminded of. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than our perspective of it. Um, and that's why we keep studying the scripture, isn't it? To get back to God's perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could, we could even, we could even go into the perspective of, of talking about how we first Peter talks about this. He, he in first Peter one, it says, if you address his father, the one who impartially judges, he goes on to talk about how we were redeemed by the blood of Christ. And the question is, why have we been redeemed? We've been believe we've been redeemed in order to be believers in God so that our faith and hope are in God. So it, it goes back to God again. So he's working to redeem us uh, through his son. And then it finishes with this. It finishes with the church statement, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is First Peter 1 Peter 1.22. Since you have obedience in the truth, purified your souls for, or f- in order to, have a sincere heart love for the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Why? Verse 23, because you have been born again. So it's this God has... Mm-hmm caused us it has come down to us in christ in order to save us so that we would be in the church that's how much god cares about the church Mm -hmm. that he would send his son so that we would be redeemed by his son's blood by christ's blood so that we would love one another i mean that's a big deal to me that's 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 huge that's we we couldn't love one another Mm -hmm. we we couldn't even care for one another. And he's telling us we're to fervently love one another because we've been born again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it. This matters to God. I mean, mm-hmm. it's to, to say that the local church doesn't matter or I, it's optional mm-hmm. is to completely misunderstand mm-hmm. God's mind. Um, understand who God is and what he has, how he views the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's not just God, of course. You know, we we believe in, in <clears throat> yeah. a triune God, of course, and so of course it's not just the Father who we know the local church matters to, mm-hmm. but we also know that <laughs> the local church matters to Jesus, to, right? to Jesus right? Yeah, I mean, big time. I mean, come on, we know it's His business. <laughs> it's, it's His business. It's it's His whole deal. I mean, that's Matthew sixteen, right? Yeah. He tells Peter, "I will build my church." I mean, it, it's his goal. It's his job. It's he's taking it upon himself. He's not saying, "Hey, I'm, I have this plan. I have this plan to uh, build this thing called the church. You guys want to get in on it? You want to get a stake in it? You want to, you, know, you want to help me with it? It's none of that. It's mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, 
I will build my church. And the biggest thing that's going to come against it, hell, won't even be able to stop it. Mm-hmm. So he has a he has a vested interest of a promise that was made that he will build his church. And yet it goes even beyond that. Well, you, obviously, <clears throat> the church matters to Jesus uh, enough that he would die for her. So, yeah, that's that's the understatement of the year, isn't it? That the church mm-hmm. matters to him. Um, mm-hmm. It's his bride. It's his body. He gave himself up for her. So that's the highest, that's the highest value you could put on it. Um, the church is so precious to him that he um, shed his own blood for, for her. So, you know, obviously we, we, we know that, but we often don't think about that, do we, in terms of how we then should value the church. Um, but that, that has to, that has to speak. I mean, Paul applies that in Ephesians five to how husbands ought to love their wives, you know? So it has very practical implications. Husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. But the same could be said for, for all believers, Believers, love your church because Christ loved your church and gave himself up for her. He cherishes, nourishes it because we're members of his body. So, mm-hmm. no, I think it's that's the sad part, right, is how, <clears throat> like I like I said before, how there was a time when there, there was a church and no Christ. Like professing believers had church but not Jesus. And now for several decades, we've had a lot of professing Christians who have Jesus, but no church. And how just both of those are unbiblical. You, you, you can't have Jesus and not mm-hmm. have the church. Jesus has a body. He's the head of that body and you can't belong to him and not belong to her. So to think that you love Jesus, it's the church I can't stand. You know, I mean, it would be like saying me, like me saying to you, Greg, you know, I like you (laughs) and I would, I would love to hang out with you more, but it's your wife I can't stand. And so uh, if you and I could just be buddies and leave her out of it, would that be okay? Well, would that be okay with you, Greg? No, (laughs) no, because my wife is one. And that's what we're saying to Christ. I love you, but your people. No thanks. That's just not. Think how th- think how that makes him feel. I died for them, but you can't love them. You can't die for them. You can't die to yourself for them. Mm. Yeah, and maybe folks will come back with the excuse of, yeah, but people are messy, or mm. I've been abused by the church, or I've been neglected by the church, or I've gone to a bunch of churches and nobody says hi to me, or or whatever. How do we, what do we, how do we respond to something like that? Because this is not what Jesus' church is supposed to be. <laughs> true that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and I think some of that is, I have had to tell people with that kind of a question is, well, you may, it's possible you didn't go to either a faithful church 
Maybe you went to a weak church. Maybe you went to a place that has church on its name that's not a real church. They're not acting in accordance to Christ and the, that fervent love we talked about there in First Peter. That's not happening. Um, and so just because you've been to a place that has done church wrong doesn't mean that the church is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's I think we make that assumption with a lot of things. Something gets abused, therefore that is always wrong every time and I'm not going to have any part of it. And the church is really one of those. I think it's the wrong way just because something's been mishandled or misunderstood or poorly done doesn't mean that it is a full lock and barrel get rid of chunk it out the window i don't want to have anything to do with that no there's something about the church that jesus knew all the bumps all the bruises all the problems all the sin and he still died for her he still spent his precious blood on her he still grafted us in to the eternal promises of god so we need to be more focused, I think, on what Christ, what's Christ's view of the church. Yeah, which means the the value of the church is not its performance level. The value of the church is its value to Jesus, and He died for it. And so that that has to be the way we measure its value, not how good it's doing. You know, and, and the church is imperfect. Uh, we, we all know that. And if you find one that's perfect, don't join it because then it won't be. <laughs> yeah. So we know that the church is often weak and often frail and often ineffective and often, you know, unfaithful and unbiblical and sinful and even abusive in some cases. Um, but Jesus loves her and uh, we, we, we can't really honestly claim to love him and not love her. Yeah. Okay, so we see the local church matters to God. We see it matters to Jesus. Uh, I would like to, I think there's an interesting part in here that we see also that the local church matters to early Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, you right at the beginning, you have Jesus leaving and, and Acts, and then Peter, of course, preaches his big old sermon, tells people to repent. Um, and be baptized, you know, to be saved. And people receive the word. They're then baptized to commit themselves to this. And then it says there were added 3,000 souls. Like, it's not just you're saved, you're baptized, now go, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of what we saw, as you said at the beginning in the, in the middle find of a good church. Yeah, find a good church or, or whatever. It is rather... They took count of these people, 3,000 people, mm-hmm. and they started getting together because the next verse in Acts 2 says it. They, that is those that were added, were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, and that just went on. And mm-hmm. this this word is, is really fun here, this word continually devoting the, the word in, in Greek is actually a present active participle. Now, that may not mean anything to you guys out there, but what that means uh, in a translation means it is it is something that characterized these people. It was something habitually going on in their life that they could not see their life without. They So, so in other words, 
they get saved, they get baptized, and then they immediately see the church is something that has to be in their life. It's imperative that it's in their life and they devote themselves to it. Yeah. And, and the word, the word uh, that's used there for devoting, it just means to exert great effort. So it wasn't just Mm -hmm. showing up on Sunday and that's it. And you go home, you never talk to anybody the rest of the week in your church, but it was continually exerting great effort into the teaching of the apostles, the fellowship of the brethren, the breaking of the Mm -hmm. bread and prayer. This was not just a one time deal or a once a week thing. This was all the time. And and this just keeps going. I mean, yeah. the Lord adds their number in Acts 5 and 4 and 5. And then you even get a man who comes along, Paul, whose goal is to go to the Gentiles and create churches. And that's what he does. And so we see this New Testament early believers that their first thing, that, that a part of their salvation mm-hmm. is not just baptism and, and obedience into that, but their obedience into being devoted into the local church. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's unmistakable. That, that's why we always, always say, you know, the new Testament knows nothing of a Christian who's not vitally connected to a local church. It's yeah. just, it's just not a thing. Yeah. It's just not a thing. And then added to that, you could say local church matters because of the new Testament. I mean, the doctrine of the church, which is essentially Paul's writings, but the doctrine of the church, Romans, all the way through Titus, is written to churches. Mm-hmm. Like it's not written to one individual. Now we do have a couple letters, couple you know, Timothy there. and Titus were written to pastors. Mm-hmm. But even those were meant to be read to the local congregation. But they're written to the church in Rome, the church in Corinth, the church at Ephesus. I, I love mm-hmm. at the beginning of, mm-hmm. I think it's Ephesians, where he talks about uh, that by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus. So he's already calling them saints. This church is not very old, but he's already calling them saints, holy ones. Mm-hmm. And it's to the church. So just a very simple just understanding of that, uh, of that the doctrine of the church is for the church. Uh, and that's what the New mm-hmm. Testament is all about, is yeah. for the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the focus, right, of all the instruction. Is to build up the church, not something else. There, there isn't something else. Yeah. As far as God's people, as far as believers, as far as followers of Jesus, there's only one thing to belong to, and it's bodies, you know, local bodies of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Which is apparent from all the letters that were sent to local bodies of believers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, and there is one more um, of why the local church matters, and that is this. The local church is a part, and we've already touched on this a few times, mm-hmm. is part of the identity of the Christian. <clears throat> Romans 6 tells us we're united with Christ. And in being united with Christ, we're also united with his body. And the body there, he has to do with his church. Mm-hmm. And we're given gifts for the body. So to say you're a Christian without the church is is impossible. That's like saying you are a human without a heart, a human without a digestive system. It, it doesn't work. It's it's it is essentially who you are as a Christian 
And if you don't understand that, you don't understand what it means to be a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. So it's part of the identity of a Christian. That's why the local church matters. If you're not in the church, actively serving, being in that church, a part of those people um, in that local church, you are missing a massive part of your identity. You're not, you may not even be alive for all that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Preach it, brother. So we're saying what? We're saying you need the local church, right? We're saying you need the local church. We're saying the church matters. The local church matters to you. It has to. If it matters so much to God and matters so much to Jesus, it has to matter to you. And it does matter. It, it, it matters to your Christian life. You need the local church. You cannot live the Christian life alone. You cannot grow alone, serve alone, fulfill the Great Commission alone, minister your spiritual gifts alone, obey all the one other commands of the New Testament alone. So the church needs you and you need it. And I'll tell you, the, the analogies the New Testament uses, nail it. The church is a body, a body. Not a bunch of individual dismembered body parts running all over the place doing their own thing. It's kind of a gross uh, it's very picture. Gross. <laughs> you cannot belong to the head and not the body. No. The church is a flock, right? Jesus shepherds a flock. Yes, he calls us all by name individually, but we belong to a flock or we don't belong to the shepherd. Mm -hmm. And then the analogy of the household, the church as a household and how we are the household and family and people of God. And you have to belong to that. If you belong to him. So you need the church and it matters to your spiritual life and growth and ministry health. If you're, if you're growing in some, in some way away from apart from a local church, you're, you're growing the wrong way. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I think we'll stop right there for this one. We will end with, with that right there. Uh, the local church matters, and we can't emphasize that enough. Scripture can't emphasize it enough that the church matters to God. It matters to Jesus. It mattered to early churches. It matters because it is your very identity as a Christian. And so if you're not in the church here, you're, you're missing uh, a vital part of your Christian life that you need. You cannot live without the church. So we'll wrap it up right there. Uh, this is uh, Local Church Matters podcast, uh, where we talk about the matters of the local church and why the local church matters.